0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand.
1: What are you thinking? What
0: are you thinking about the twins? Of course. It's Five Twins Thoughts. Five with Derek Wetmore.
1: All right, welcome back, Score North Twin Show. This is Five Thoughts.
2: I'm your host, Derek Wetmore. Special guest, Phil Mackey. Today, Phil, are you ready to have some fun with some reckless speculation?
0: Wow. Are we recklessly speculating on uh, when the Twins may get back on the field, or are we beyond that? No, beyond- I think
2: we've had plenty of time to wring that rag dry. We're okay. actually wondering when the Twins are going to make a push for Odell Beckham Jr.
0: Well, he uh, appears to be available, although Adam, Sh- when Adam Schefter and Charles Robinson both come in and say, yeah, this is this is not going to happen, it, uh, it, it kills my buzz a little bit, but there's still hope that the Vikings could trade for OBJ.
2: The fact that he was – now, this surprised me, Phil. Maybe it didn't surprise you. The fact that a year after he was traded from New York, a very public exit, to the Browns, and now the Browns are everybody's Super Bowl darling. They're going to go win it all this year. Worst to first, baby. A year later, there's talk of him being traded. Now, whether it ends up happening or not is not really relevant to my surprise that he was again available. So I've built this Twin Show episode off the back of that surprise. I love it. It's a little bit different in baseball. Obviously guys move around all the time, especially as you get closer to free agency. You're now just hey a three month rental. I I'd give that guy up for a couple of hot hotshot prospects if I could. So I've got a list of names here, 10, 12, 13 names, people who were traded within the last year that you hope become available again for the twins. And I'm going to have you help me narrow it down to five.
0: Okay. I like it. Let's do this.
2: Now, as far as I know, there's no clubhouse drama or malcontent with any of these. So maybe a slightly different situation than OBJ. But just the sheer fact that there's trade talks again. um, I'm just going to go through the list, maybe position by position, and we'll pick somebody. But I have to give you a rule because otherwise you're just going to say Mookie bets.
0: Wow. How did you know? That was literally in
2: my head. Oh, you weren't going to come up with uh, Logan Allen or uh, Sergio Romo on the top of your list.
0: Yeah. Like, Mookie, Mookie, Mookie Betts, by the way, I think was available like two months ago. Yes. Sure.
2: Accurate. And now what you're going to have to do in this is the rules are you're going to take the guy for whatever's left in his contract. So you're getting the service time Mookie Betts has left to give the Dodgers. So you see, you introduce a bit of a gamble here to this equation, um, and secondarily, the Vikings would have to move something out to make that work, whether it's a, a Riley reef or Anthony Harris, whatever. So you have to move out a position to clear the spot for that guy. So if you're going to add Mookie bets, you got to trade Byron Buxton. Sorry. Wow. All Let's right. start with the pitching staff, Phil, because now that the parameters are there, I think the stakes have been upped a little bit. Pitchers that were ch- traded hands, traded teams within the last year, most of them at the trade deadline or in the offseason, obviously Corey Kluber, Prospect Matthew Liberatore, Brewster Gradarol, you could trade for him if you want to, Kenta Maeda, David Price, Zach Granke, Drew Pomeranz, Trevor Bauer, uh, Logan Allen Prospect, and Zach Gallen. Any name jump out to you, Phil, that you need on the 2020 Twins?
0: Trevor Bauer. And I have been anti-Trevor Bauer throughout my baseball watching life the last five or six years, whenever he came into the league. Cause I just feel like he's always been this me first sort of prima Donna. I don't know. There's just something about his personality. That's always bothered me. And I'm sure there is still something very abrasive about his personality, but that matters less in baseball than any other sport. Because really, if you're a selfish DB, Barry Bonds was a selfish DB that everybody hated. I mean, he was also on loads of steroids, but, you know, he he could still help his team without caring about, you know, Jeff Kent having a conversation with Jeff Kent in the clubhouse. So uh, the fact that Trevor Bauer is enthusiastically leading the charge to try and make baseball more fun and is posting self-deprecating YouTube videos of hitters owning him, and he's a pretty damn good pitcher. I don't think you're ever going to get the Trevor Bauer from a couple of years ago on repeat year after year, but sign me up for some Bauer outage if that became available. So now is the rule that I have to get rid of one of the twins pitchers now? Is that what happens? Yeah,
2: but it? you probably have to do it with like the guy slotted in the rotation there. So in this case, maybe Jake Odorizzi says goodbye.
0: Um, I would, I would take Trevor Bauer over Jake Odorizzi mostly because of innings. Like I know that I would be getting most likely more innings out of Trevor Bauer than Jake Odorizzi. So yeah. This list is mostly pitchers, so
2: I do want to transition for thought number two. Thought number one, you're taking your guy, Trevor Bauer. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, hes they're not all self-deprecating. The one he posted the other day was Trevor Bauer owns Aaron Judge, a breakdown.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it just so happens that Max Kepler owns Trevor Bauer and is his large adult father, so it was uh, it was self-deprecating in that case. But I think he's just sort of matter-of-fact in those video breakdowns. Um Let's address the elephant in the room. Mookie Betts was the best player traded in the last twelve months. What are your thoughts on making a move for Mookie Betts? Knowing, all right, hey, I just set the rule that you'd have to say goodbye to Byron Buxton in order to bring Betts back the other way.
0: So I would be getting I would be getting one year of Mookie Betts and I would be giving up multiple years of Byron Buxton.
2: You are hoping that you get one year of Mookie Betts. If there is no twenty twenty season, Mookie's a
0: free agent. Okay. Yeah, I'm not making that move okay? because, A, there's no guarantees that you even get Mookie bets at all. Um, and I just, I hesitate multiple years of Byron Buxton still. I, I'm, you know, this is like part of the reason why it's such a buzzkill that the season. Now, I was, I will say a quick aside within an aside. I was texting with somebody from a different team who works in the front office for a different team. And I said, all right, like, what's the read that – so this isn't from the Twins, but what's the read that you're getting on when baseball might start up again? I said, I hope it just comes back. Even if fans can't show up to the games all season long, he said baseball will come back. So, so people in the game are – and not just him, like even people with the Twins are pretty confident that baseball will come back in some form just without fans. But, you know, I am so bullish on Byron Buxton, and I think – the only question, and it's been the question for his whole career, is how many games will he play? And I just think if he plays a large percentage of them, he's one of the most valuable players in the league. And so I'm I'm not ready to sell low, even if it were for Mookie Betts, hypothetically.
2: It's fascinating because the bet is, if you're planning a season this year, are you trying to win the World Series? Mookie Betts does a better job of accomplishing that for you than Byron Buxton. I think you survey 30 MLB president of baseball ops, GMs, whatever, they're going to take the one year of Mookie Betts versus one year of Byron Buxton. Yeah. Oh, I, w- I would
0: too, by the way, if it's right, one, right. one year, versus one year. Yeah.
2: yeah. But it's fascinating that you're betting on the window that the twins have here for them rather than a 2020 window all in.
0: I think, I mean, you're the master of this on the score on twin show. I think you always be thinking in baseball to some extent about your three to five year window. It can't like in the NFL, You know, if there's a better put it this way, there's a better chance that you a better percentage chance that you win the Super Bowl if you have unequivocally the best team than there is in baseball. Same for basketball. When it comes to hockey and and baseball, if you put together the best team, you might only have like a 15 percent chance to win the championship in the NFL. It might be 40 percent. So I think you always have to be mindful of making sure that you're not completely cleaning out your cupboards for future seasons while also being mindful that World Series windows don't always come open. so Yeah,
2: yes. And to that point, before we get to thought number three, even the best team, like uh, the Dodgers, the Dodgers aren't a 60% favorite to win the World Series. Like, if you're 25% before the season, holy screaming heck, you've got a great ball club. Yeah. Um, In a truncated season where games are coming quickly and you're playing a lot of doubleheaders and you're just trying to get to 125 games or whatever... Now suddenly you've got a little more competition from below. Like if you're the Dodgers or the Yankees or Astros or whatever, aside from the logistical nightmare of trying to do this, you would hope that a season is 600 games long. Or, or, and then at the end, the team with the most wins gets the World Series trophy. Like you just want sample. But a team like I talked about in my column this week, the White Sox, who are good and fun and interesting, but young and volatile – if they played in a 600 game season, you wouldn't like their odds as much as if they played in a 100 game season. Sneak their way into the playoffs. Now it's a pitching matchup. Giddy up, let's go! Yeah. So this is 2020 presents some very interesting chance for variance in a baseball season that we don't get very often.
0: I speaking of variance, I think a team with as much power as the Twins, like the Twins' method of scoring runs, doesn't just like go on hiatus for three weeks. They have one through nine guys who can drive the ball out of the ballpark, except for maybe Luis Ariz. Another side note, I thought about Josh Donaldson every day since the season. Yeah, I know. And how much fun it's going to be, hopefully at some point this year, to watch that dude hit baseballs and and work pitching counts. It'll be be a blast whenever it happens.
2: Yeah, agreed. Um, It's it's a bummer, but I'm glad that your source says baseball is coming back. That would be so welcomed. Let's do the position players really quickly, because I think you're going to say no on both, and then we'll get back into pitchers for thoughts three through five. Well, so thought number three, does the uh, Fran Mill Reyes package do anything for you? Cheap power? I think it's four years team control left. Not really. Um, obviously, yeah, it's the trade that the Indians made, but the Indians made it so that they could extend some control and get some cheap power. That yeah. doesn't really do a whole lot for me.
0: I've never been big on the low on base percentage, big power guy who strikes out a million times. I just think those guys are easily findable. You can find any number of guys that, profile like friend mill reyes to me in today's game. Sure.
2: And then since the twins are in a win now window, I think you're gonna say no to this one too. But does the prospect package that went to the Red Sox after they tripped on themselves, spilled their coffee, said no to Bruce Dark roll they then took back Alex Verdugo and Jeter Allen's does that for you?
0: It does just because I want a player named after Derek Jeter in my farm system.
2: Yeah, that's right.
0: I want those, I want those bloodlines. I want those, well, there's not really bloodlines, but like. Yeah, I, not, I, not I to my knowledge. Lineage.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jeter would have been pretty young at that time. I don't know. Um, I
0: mean, do you think there's, you know, that's a, that late 90s era of shortstops is uh, pretty impressive. Do you think there are any children named Garcia Para for a first name? Maybe
2: more likely to be Nomar, but that's just a guess. Tejada, um,
0: Tejada Wetmore. That's <laughs> going be your child's name.
2: It's actually my middle name. Yeah. Um, uh, no. And I was going to ask too about like, okay, prospecting is what, by the way, the twins have their cheater clone in the minors already. His name is Royce Lewis. Um, Indeed. but I I'm wondering though, like I'm not really that interested. I know prospect capital is valuable and I know team control matters and all that stuff, but like, I'm not that interested right now. If I'm the twins in looking, what's the wave after Alex Kirilov, I, I don't care. Give me Alex Kirilov's wave. Let's capitalize on this wave. Alex and Royce and Jordan Balazovich, Balazovich, I don't know if we've ever figured that one out. That group, uh, Joan Duran's in that group, now they come here, they're the young guys, they're establishing themselves as as Max Kepler and Jorge Polanco and on and on. They're established. That to me, if I were running the Twins, like that's what I care about right now. Do I have to say that I care about 2030? Yes, I don't care. I want to win a World Series right now and next yeah. year, and that's it.
0: I would be a little bit, this is maybe a whole nother podcast for another day, but I would be very curious to know how the loss of revenue this year impacts what they might have otherwise done with some of their trade chips. because I don't think there's any way they can maintain a similar payroll in 2021 if they aren't bringing in nearly any revenue with ticket sales. I mean, there's some teams that bring in so much money with their pre-cut TV deals And Fangraphs has a great piece out. They updated how much money each team brings in with their current TV deal. They updated that for the first time in like three years. And even though the Twins bring in a lot more money now than they did like five years ago, they're still 27th in baseball in TV revenue. So if TV revenue is the only steady revenue source when there are no butts in seats, it goes to stand that the twins are probably going to take one of the bigger financial hits going into 2021. And so my long winded point is they probably have to say goodbye to some of the guys that maybe they thought about extending or bringing back to cut their payroll, unless ownership wants to take a massive loss uh, going into 2021, which has always been the debate, right? Why don't you reach into your own pockets, your family pockets to help put a winner on the field but if they're going to have to say goodbye to some of the veteran players, I think it makes them less likely to trade prospects this season. Good point. That's a fascinating point. And two, two points
2: Thank you. of clarification. <laughs> don't you don't give yourself a point for that. There's no scoreboard in the background to chalk up that Wetmore said fascinating point. It's those are estimates. I saw that too. I haven't read through the whole piece, but, uh, TV revenue estimates, because teams won't open up their books. Yeah. So the best that we can do is estimate. And if you have a problem with those numbers, then by all means, open up your books, and we'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh, the secondary point there, too, is I've heard, uh, or read, I should say, some, maybe they're immature discussions or, or, or early discussions about revenue sharing changing for 2020. Because like, let's face it, if you're the Dodgers, you're just in a way better spot right now than if you're the Milwaukee Brewers, right? I mean, it's it's not quite an equitable playing field even more so than it usually is not so but it's fascinating that this might make prospects and draft picks and things like that more valuable than they ordinarily would be but you wanted jeter downs just so you could have a jeter in your farm system so i'll give you that for number three cool um four and five we got to go back to uh pitchers and as we wrap up this episode phil let's treat them as two different classes you can you can Either choose to take two veterans or a veteran and a prospect. Do any of the prospects do anything for you? Uh Logan Allen,
0: Matthew Liberatore, Brewster Gradole. Uh I don't know enough about the other two guys other than just like seeing them on different ranking lists. And so I would just take Bruzdar back. You know? Like Would you give up
2: Penta Maeda?
0: I, I understand I well that's the thing. Um I understand why they made the trade, but if you're, if, if I have to choose one of the three, I would, I would roll the dice that the guy who throws hundred miles an hour would be able to make. That's the thing. Like Kenta Maeda is the, I think he's the more sure bet to help a team that's looking to win a bunch of games this year. Like Kenta Maeda is not going to be a train wreck unless he has some kind of an elbow issue. Bruce Argratter, although is the more intriguing sports car right like sure man, what if this dude what if this dude could be a starter for you and pitch 120 or 130 innings and rack up strikeouts but i understand why they hedged a little bit and and went with the more sure thing but i will always be looking over and monitoring Bruce yes, progress and career because it'll be interesting to to keep tabs on
2: that's 100 percent correct and if i already think i've punched my ticket to october and i just want the eighth inning of games one through five taken care of for the ninth inning or however the Twins want to handle it, I'd be pretty comfortable with Kenta Maeda. And if he wants to make a start in game two or whatever, then sign me up for that too. I think that's a little more valuable than what's behind door number two. Um, So for thought number five, you get to pick a veteran. I'm actually going to go with two veterans on my list, and I'll give them to you in a second here. But you got to choose Corey Kluber, Kenta Maeda, David Price, Zach Granke, Zach Gallen or Drew Pomeranz, the guy who he turned it on in the bullpen. W- he was amazing, one of the best relievers in baseball, and then parlayed that into a four-year sort of reliever deal, but better than most reliever deals, kind of hybrid pitcher,
0: Drew Pomeranz. Sign me up for Corey Kluber. You want him, I, know, huh? I know that he was a disaster, and he was injured last year, and he's in his mid-30s now, but... I feel like it's easy to just write him off and say like all those things I just said, Oh, he's going to be terrible. So I think Kluber might still have a year or two left of, of Cy Young prowess. Maybe not on the level that he was at a few years ago, but sign me up for Corey Kluber. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm going
2: to take the veteran out on this one. I'm going to pass on Kluber, but I am going to take Maeda and I'm going to take Drew Pomeranz. Just I think the the guys that you'd have to send out under my rules the Twins would do well to get those guys back. And like I said, they already have a team that I'm expecting to be World Series caliber. Now I'm just kind of putting on the finishing, finishing pieces as I, as I go around the diamond and try to optimize.
0: Yeah. So, well, a uh, cheap plug, by the way, for people who are looking for some Twins content, we in recent weeks over on the Minnesota sports rewind feed. And you've also probably seen these episodes on the score of twin show feed. But we have done deep dives into two of the most fun Twins teams of our lifetimes, Derek Wetmore. The 2004 Twins, and specifically ALDS Game 1 against the Yankees, which is otherwise known as the last time the Twins won a playoff game. And we did a deep dive into that. That was super fun. And then Michael Kadire uh, was our guest on that one. The 2006 Twins team, I think, is the best team to have never won a World Series in franchise history. And Justin Morneau joined us for that one. So if you want to binge full episodes of deep dives into prominent Minnesota sports events and trades and teams, if you have suggestions for us on which Twins episodes to do, send them our way. But Minnesota Sports Rewind, Apple, Spotify, or the Score North app. I would love to do two different deep dives with you at some point in Judd Zilgad. The 2011 Siyoshi Nishioka Twins. <laughs> Lateral leg <laughs> weakness season. Sure. And I also love to do the 1996 twins, which was supposed to be a Paul Molitor, Kirby Puckett, middle of your order. And then Kirby Puckett woke up that spring and uh, couldn't see out of one of his eyes, but that would have been an amazing twins lineup. It was already a good twins lineup, but that's worth a deep dive at some point too. Should we get Chuck Knoblock on for that one? Got a number. He's probably not doing anything. I mean, none of us are. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, literally none of us have anything. There's no, like, you you can't make excuses anymore, you know? Like, oh, I got a thing. Yeah. yeah. When, uh, you want to jump on, you want to jump on a zoom hang on Saturday. Oh man. I'm going to be doing nothing, but I just, uh, running, be... running the
2: Boston marathon uh, by myself. <laughs> yeah, nobody else is out there doing it. Um, if I were giving a plug fill, it'd be for the the two episodes so far of these uh, zoom hangouts I've done. Thad Levine was amazing. And then Glenn Perkins was pretty good too. Um, sorry, Glenn. Glenn was very good too. It was fun. Uh, talking with those guys about what are you doing in quarantine and then we got off of baseball we sort of talked about other things that you're doing for glenn it was craft beer um and things like that thad actually took me on a journey through his career in baseball basically from before he landed a job with the front office to now being the gm of the twins it's just sort of a fascinating glimpse into into how things work and how you get a job in a front office and how you move up and have a successful career so check those out if you're looking for things That is it for this episode of Five Thoughts, a version of the Score North Twin Show. That's Phil Mackey. I'm Derek Wetmore. Thanks for listening, watching, subscribing. Anything you do to help support Score North at this time is greatly appreciated. Uh, Until next week, stay safe out there.
0: Planning to buy a new boat this year? Glenn Perkins here from my friends at Nelson Marine. The Nelson Marine difference is about customer service and a knowledgeable team of sales and service pros. Two large showrooms filled with an impressive inventory of the best brands in the business. London Crestliner fishing boats, South Bay pontoons powered by Yamaha, Suzuki, Mercury, and Evinrude. Nelson Marine has been creating happy customers for 75 years. Visit their showroom on Highway 61 in White Bear Lake online at nelsonmarine.biz. Mackey here, and during these uncertain times, your team at Federated Mutual Insurance Company has kept a strategic focus on policyholder service. They've been directing clients throughout the country to the information they need on written pandemic policies and procedures, recommended response plans, and communications to employees. If these resources could help your business, please contact your local Federated marketing representative or visit FederatedInsurance.com. As a mutual insurance company, Federated believes their value is measured by the success of their clients. Federated, it's their business to protect yours. To be your best every day.